0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kimenetsky and Andy Kimenetsky, the first round of All-Star voting is out and fans, at least regarding the Lakers, have made some expected and some unexpected choices in the early going. Dwight Howard talked about guys having to sacrifice as players come back into the rotation. And LeBron James talked about holding media accountable for their mistakes. We'll do all of that and more on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts bright and early. So no matter when you need Lakers stuff. We've got it for you. Want to let you know as well that Friday's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Um, so, Andy, a lot to come on. Uh, LeBron James commenting on uh, the comments made about Kevin Porter Jr. following Kevin Porter Jr.'s game winning shot against the Wizards on Wednesday. Fascinating uh, yes. media availability for lebron so a, a lot we'll get to with that uh do you want to start though andy with the annual um i don't know anger or whatever it might be over the first round of all-star voting um some expectations are met lebron james leading uh all all comers in the western conference with two million votes no he's not. Uh, i'm sorry among front court players is go. leading all voters thank you um, but he's got a firm lead in the front court. Uh, no surprise there. Um, Anthony Davis down in sixth place. Um, he is representing the Lakers there. Uh, Russell Westbrook in ninth among guards in the Western Conference. The, the guy that sticks out though, Andy Carmelo Anthony. Number yeah, eight. there you go, baby. About 320,000 votes for Melo. The power of being uh, an iconic top 75
1: of all time player. Combined with the power of being a Laker, combined with fans are always going to uh, vote in a certain way. You and I love it.
0: I there are people out there who get very upset when a an undeserving player is is up there in the, in the rankings for, for the voting and in, in all-star and all that kind of stuff. And no, let's uh, Carmelo Anthony is not an all-star this season. It's not even close. He's not a sixth man of the year. He's not any of that stuff. He's an awesome story and a great dude. And people love the guy. Uh, and if they want him to be an all-star average Joe fan, who, you know, is just a casual as the kids might say, fine. This game is an, it's an exhibition. It's stupid. You're allowing people to vote anyway. um, I, I, for one, do not get worked up over this, stu- vote, this stuff. Vote for whoever you want. No, if anything, I'm more disappointed in the Laker fans that they didn't get Austin Reeves in the top 10. Like, I, I was sort of hoping, you know, the, the classic template here is is Alex Caruso. Um, And having to getting the opportunity to ask him questions that were obviously embarrassing to him about why he was more deserving, in fact, to be an all-star than, say, Damian Lillard or whoever he was in front of in the standings. I was hoping for an opportunity to do that with Reeves this year and have him all shucks his way through like, oh, you know. Sure, I think that, you know. I'm just a kid from Arkansas, that sort of thing. I think John Morant's probably more deserving than me. Or, Andy, to flip the script and be like, F that guy. You know, hillbilly Kobe deserves his spot in the All Star game more than him. Like that would have been great, and we're not going to get any of that because Lakers fans were too lazy to vote. Austin leaves well, in the top ten.
1: What I what I am hoping is the case because again, I I count on that uh, sense of exceptionalism and entitlement just to know that everything in the world is right, particularly in these very difficult times, Brian, that we've been dealing with the last few years. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Alex Caruso before, perhaps you know with Alex Caruso's departure that really upset laker fans a lot for reasons that we've discussed and and frankly we understand maybe this is just too painful right now <laughs> in terms of doing the the campaigning for Austin Reeves it, it just feels a little too real like you yeah. you need to give this a little bit of just time and distance
0: it's a little raw i will it, give it, i will give them how about this i'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they like the the Caruso phenomenon had more time to build like they had an extra sure. season to make work. Whereas Reeves really did take everybody by surprise.
1: Yeah. I, and again, I just feel like right now you're, you're dealing with some real feels and it, yeah. it might just take a little bit of time and, and
0: we're here for you. We understand. All right, let me ask you this on a slightly more serious note. Um, I mentioned Anthony Davis. He's sixth at uh, about 600,000 votes, um, almost a hundred thousand behind Draymond green in fifth. Um, and uh, Russell Westbrook is ninth among guards. Um, certainly not going to reach. those the top two get voted in? That's that. I, I believe. I believe that's how it works. And he's, yeah. you know, he's a good five
1: hundred thousand behind Luka Doncic for number two. So that right. feels quite unlikely. Quite, right. you know, Anthony Davis, assuming he's even available for this game, and that's what matters much more than whether or not he actually is on that roster. He's got a lot of ground to make up on Nikola
0: Jokic. Uh deservedly,
1: by the way. Yes. Jokic so, should be ahead of
0: him. Rather than debating, you know, whether or not Russ deserves to be an all-star, and I guess we can get to that as we get closer to the game if we want. You got two guys, two of the big three, Anthony Davis, a non-all-star this year, perhaps just based on availability. Uh, you have Russell Westbrook, a non-all-star this year, based more on performance, I would say, if you're gonna say he's not on the team. This, this is I think, kind of a, 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 in a nutshell, kind of what the problem is for the Lakers this year. is like, you know, they are so top-heavy um, and so built around these three guys that the one guy who is unquestionably an all-star, and LeBron James, has also missed, what is it, 12, 11 games? 12 games, whatever it might be. Like, this speaks to me as to, like, if you want an explanation as to why the Lakers are hanging around 500, this is as good as any of them. Yeah, I mean... Russ was an all-star
1: and all-NBA in 2020. That was his last season uh, appearing in either. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was third-team all-NBA, which obviously is still great, but that means you last are trending... Year uh, no, for, 2000, for two year, 2019, right. I'm sorry. 2020, which means that you are trending towards not making that cut, which you can still be a very, very good player and not be all-NBA. You can still be a very good player... And not be an all-star, but it is reflective of Russ trending away from that period where he was a no-brainer all-star, a no-brainer all-NBA. And this was not something that I think was lost on Laker fans, or I would like to think the, the Laker brass when they made this deal. It's really just a matter of how much distance is there between that version of Russ, even the fringe all nba player but an all nba player nonetheless or a guy that you can even debate whether or not he's all nba versus right now where russ is clearly not all nba he's nowhere close to that right now no. and how much you know how much does that matter how much would it have mattered brian if all three had stayed healthy this whole time and had been had, an, had the ability to build the version of themselves that they pictured whether realistic or not
0: I I'll tell you why I think it would have mattered because I think if they're because in theory, optimistically speaking, their record would be better. And if the record was, but part of what will hold Russ back, let's say Russ has a great month in between now and whenever these rosters are selected. And again, you and I are not all-star people; we don't really get hung up on this. I know it happens at some point in February, usually I think. Um, But if they had a better record, the talk around Russ would be different um the the some truth of that and and probably it would also mean he's probably playing better like the, the system be truth better that. working better um so yeah i mean i do think like there's an earth 2 somewhere where these guys have all played together and Russell westbrook is an all-star and anthony davis is the mvp candidate as opposed to oh yeah okay he's an all-star but he's not as good as we need him to be like there's a, there's a universe in which this happens. I think the bigger issue is that like if you're making a bell curve on like potential outcomes, what I think we're learning is that that outcome has too narrow a band on the bell curve. Um, and the one we're seeing now of injuries and disruption was probably bigger than was estimated. Um, but anyway, a lot on this that we can we can knock out and catch up on as the voting continues and people get their act together regarding Austin Reeves. Um more on LeBron coming up. Again, fascinating media availability. Also, Frank Vogel and Dwight Howard talking about rotations and sacrifice. We'll get to all of that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. Laker fans, you've been
1: hearing me talk about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Well, get on it because Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out yet, you're missing out. You're going to love this app for NBA and all sorts of mixed sports pickings. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator on the market. They offer superstar players as well as Bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks also allows mixed sport entries, so you can get weird. You can keep it fun. You can go like the over on LeBron's points versus the under on Patrick Mahomes completions. Just keep it fun, man. Go go original. Have a really good time with this. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe. They offer fast withdrawals, so go to PrizePicks.com today. Use the promo code NBA or go to the
0: App Store and download the app. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. Andy, Lockdown Lakers is also brought to you by Shopify. Do you know what Shopify is, Andy? I'll tell you. It gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike, they can sell everywhere, synchronize online, in-person and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. And you can reach customers online across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest and more. You gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It's all about ROI, Andy. ROI, return on investment. Get a lot of that with Shopify. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. So go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA, all lowercase, for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire feature uh, suite of features. You grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA now. Again, Shopify dot com slash locked on NBA. It, it is the Lakers are going to get squeezed. Andy, when, um, when Kendrick Nunn comes back, Stanley Johnson, who was officially signed to another 10 day contract, that was Thursday and is going to be back and presumably playing a lot of minutes and God willing, Anthony Davis comes back reasonably soon. Um, that's three guys now that are kind of new to the rotation or reinserted to a rotation that has 10 players in it. Uh, currently, Frank Vogel, I asked him about that, uh, you know, kind of again today, and you know, he made it very clear. Um, guys are going to have to sit out, not just maybe a game at a time, but perhaps three, four, five games at a time. Um, it is going to require some real juggling and some, um, from my perspective, I think a lot of fortitude from the coaching staff to make choices and kind of stick with them as much as they can while they try to integrate guys in the games. Because the, the balance between winning games, playing everybody, keeping guys, it's going to be very difficult to do. I mean, I don't even know how much this is about balancing. Like, some
1: of this is just information. Like, in terms of mm-hmm. how the rotation works, you don't know that until some of these guys who either haven't been available, like Kendrick Nunn, or haven't been available at the same time, like Stanley Johnson and Anthony Davis, for example. How well could you use a lineup of those two together? You don't actually know until they play. Mm -hmm. So, So there's not going to be a luxury of continuity in terms of trying to figure this out. There's a lot of different faces that you're looking to integrate. I mean, I guess the glass half full version of this in a very twisted way is the Lakers have had no continuity anyway, so you can't ruin what hasn't been there. But I mean, ultimately, it's going to require some patience from players. It's going to require some patience from the coaching staff, like in terms of landing what they want, they're not going to have a ton of time to experiment anyway. But it, like the idea that somehow this could be a smooth integrating process, by definition, doesn't really make any sense because they've had nothing to build on to begin with.
0: Sure. And it's it just becomes it really is a it's it's a matter too of trying to figure out kind of what the priorities are and then finding those combinations. Like I'm I'm really interested to see how. The reintroduction of none impacts the 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 way that maybe Reeves or Ariza or some of the other guys are used because you know the 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 floor combinations change like the, the and and the the success level of some of those different combinations can change in ways that are almost sort of independent of how a player is playing if that makes sense like Avery Bradley to throw a name out there might not do anything wrong. Okay, he's probably the wrong guy because Avery Bradley can't do anything wrong in the audience. I was gonna say I, I, uh, I don't understand player. where the F you're um, going with this. Yeah, let's let's say Austin Reeves. Okay. Um Austin Reeves may not do anything wrong, but if the combination of Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza somehow makes both of those guys better in a way that um you know enhances them at the expense of Austin Reeves. And I'm I'm just these are names are interchangeable. It, it Guys, you know, finding those combinations and figuring that out is going to be interesting to watch. And Dwight Howard referred, you know, talked about the sort of the sacrifice he was in the context for Dwight. It was, Hey, what was it like when you were told you wouldn't be starting at center anymore and LeBron's going to be the center now? He's like, I was told it, and this is kind of what it is to be on a team like this, and you just wait until it's your turn. Um, that type of sacrifice is hard. Um, And, you know, sort of every time you get into a situation where you have to talk about players doing this, it's easy to talk about until you get to the part where guys aren't playing. And then it requires a lot of massaging from everyone, a lot of buy-in from everybody. And I hope that they are winning when this comes around because that makes all of that much easier. Well, if they're not winning, who cares? I mean, in all honesty, if this if this team that was
1: assembled together to win a championship isn't winning, right? But you understand what I mean, like
0: if they're not, if if the if they are, I'm just saying they have larger
1: problems. If they're not winning, then who's playing? Who isn't playing? And the process of all this ultimately doesn't really matter, particularly when you're talking about a roster of largely potential one-year dudes. Like it, it doesn't really matter. Like it ultimately, like the example you brought up with if it turns out that Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza together on balance means more to the team winning than Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves is going to sit or flip-flop sure. to other guys. It, it, they need to figure out how to get the best winning formula out there. This is what they would have done earlier in the season. They just didn't have the luxury of doing it because guys kept going in and out of the lineup for a variety of different reasons. But if none of this equals winning, they've got larger problems than guys upset especially right. because as we've seen over the course of this season it's not like Frank Vogel's likely going to be tinkering in ways that prevent obvious winning because there's been no obvious winning this team has struggled to stay at 500 all year so in a lot of ways you know if they ain't winning everybody's reaction to it doesn't really matter
0: okay so obviously um we're going to learn a lot and it is going to be a very um difficult stretch for the Lakers to to make all this stuff happen uh, as the season goes on and the pressure for playoff seating and all that stuff uh, kind of ratchets up. Uh, the most interesting thing, Andy, that happened Thursday at practice, uh, unquestionably, I think, was when LeBron James was asked about the uh, moments in Wednesday's NBA action. Kevin Porter Jr., who, if you don't know uh, a lot about him, has had kind of very rocky NBA career to this point in terms of, uh, so I'll loosely defined his behavior or attitude or that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he was suspended this week by the Rockets, uh, missed a game. His first game back hit the game winning shot for Houston to beat Washington. Um, the broadcaster for the Wizards, the, the, the uh, analyst for the Wizards, a guy named Glenn Consor responded in the moment by saying that Kevin Porter Jr., uh, picked the right moment, the right time, uh, pulled the trigger, pulled that trigger at the right time, just to make sure I quote him correctly. Like his dad, pulled the trigger at the right time. Um, Kevin Porter Jr.'s father was charged with first-degree murder in 1993 for the death of a 14-year-old girl sentenced to four and a half years in prison after claiming that the, the firearm in that, in that uh, incident accidentally discharged. This is according to the Washington Post. Uh, And then he was shot to death in a bar in 2004. So, uh, you know, deep, deep tragedy in the life uh, of Kevin Porter Jr. around his father. Um, Glenn Consor in a statement today said that he, uh, you know, apologized and was um, referring to thought that Kevin Porter Jr. was the son of former uh, Bullets player, Wizards Bullets player, Kevin Porter, LeBron Uh, This morning, Thursday morning, posted this to Twitter as this clip was going around, kind of making the rounds. I saw it when I woke up this morning. Um, Oh, so he thought this was cool, huh? Now we ain't going for this. Sorry, but we ain't going to fly. How insensitive can you be to say something like this? Beat it, man. I pray for you, but there's no place in our beautiful game for you. Um, This was before Glenn Consor made his apology statement. Yes. LeBron um, was asked about it at practice, his tweet and the, the sort of the, the the response and had a lot to say about it. Do you, know, you want to get into a little bit now or jump after the break? Um, I, What I thought was just
1: really interesting before we get into some of the, the particulars about LeBron's response to this, because he spent more than half of his post-practice time talking about this and made it very clear he would have spent the entire time if he got yeah. – you know, some if he got all non basketball questions, he was uh, he,
0: prepared to yes, discuss this topic.
1: Yes. Uh, and it was interesting, Bill Orm from The Athletic. This was the opening question to LeBron, and LeBron seemed uh, very much hoping that somebody would ask him mm-hmm. about this because Glenn Consor had apologized and he was asked if. Uh, he changed his thoughts at all in light of that apology and LeBron in so many words. And I do mean so many, because there were a lot of words shared. Yeah. Encourage people
0: to go find the whole thing. It's it'll be Lakers.com. They always post practice video. It'll be all over the, the, you know, social media and stuff like that.
1: But uh, what really struck me was all the different levels Mm -hmm. that this really offended LeBron on, like it offended him in terms of, Kevin Porter Jr.'s backstory with his father. It offended him in terms of the perception out there of Kevin Porter Jr., who's he had disciplinary issues when he was younger. He had disciplinary issues when he was with the Cavaliers. He had disciplinary issues, like we just discussed, with the Rockets. And these are obviously things that Kevin Porter Jr. has to be accountable for himself. But this is somebody that is looking to change his image, which makes it problematic that anything that references violence even if you're trying to make some type of metaphor you know with basketball using gun terminology for the firing of shot whatever um that is something that you could understand why you wouldn't want associate with kevin porter jr there's obviously you know the the tragedy with his father but also too what upset lebron and this this i found really fascinating as well was the idea that glenn consor clearly did not do his homework mm-hmm. like there 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 was Pretty basic
0: preparation
1: involved. Yeah, let's stick know. on
0: that. Yeah, let's stick on that because that was the part that I thought was 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 most interesting for you know, and obviously you know reasons that are very relevant to the to the world we work in, but also uh, for the 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 way that we as media treat athletes uh, when they make mistakes. Um, so let's let's do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bill Barts. The new year and that means New Year's
1: resolutions, and for a lot of people, that's going to be about getting fit, eating healthier. And that's where built bar can be a part of your plans. Built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar better than a lot of candy bars, if we're being totally honest and you want to eat healthy, but you don't want it to feel so boring that like by week three, you give up and you're just like, screw this man. I'm, I'm going to lean into being fat and unhealthy and live a dangerous lifestyle. It's not necessary. Go to built bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Most built bars contain only 130 calories. Four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. That's what you want the 17 grams of protein and great flavors to choose from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, all down the line. They all taste great. So go to built.com, use the promo code lock15, get 15% off your order. Again, promo code lock15, 15% off at built.com.
0: So again, I would, we would encourage everybody to go find the, the full, um, the the full you know, uh, LeBron James media availability talked a lot about it um, on on all kinds of different levels, but the part that really stuck out, you know, to me, and I know you just mentioned it, Andy, was, you know, LeBron James wasn't calling for his job. Said, you know, kind of clarified the initial tweet, saying, "I got my own employees. I don't need to worry about well, somebody who doesn't work for me." I mean, he. Sounded in the beginning like he was right, right. calling he, for his job. And he clarified, said I'm that is not what I'm doing. And he also acknowledged that Glenn Consor, the member of the the Wizards broadcast team, absolutely could have been making a mistake. That it you know, he didn't say he, he was intentionally trying to reference Kevin Porter's family history. That I, I and
1: I find it very difficult to believe that Glenn Consor was just because that would be an immediately fireable offense.
0: It, it's so cosmically stupid. I can't imagine anybody doing it on purpose. Right. Um, but that was one of LeBron's points, which was: look, members of the broadcast team, you guys get packets of about every player. This is all true, by the way. You get, you know, you get information about every player you have backgrounds you have bios you have all of this stuff and you are presumably doing your job and reading it this is the member of the wizards broadcast team you would think he might know at this point kevin porter jr is not a rookie if the, if this guy's kid played in the nba um you know it's not like you know we talked before like a member of the pacers like somebody who never's you the lebron googled this stuff in 30 seconds and knew the answers to some of these questions, brought up other examples where he was checking to see if somebody was somebody else's kid. It is malpractice for Glenn Consor to not know that Kevin Porter Jr. is not the the son of that Kevin Porter. And he should not be immediately excused for making that mistake. He should be held more accountable in the same way I feel like we as media when athletes screw up jump on it and make that our news cycle for a week and a half the same level of accountability should be should be given to a member of the media when they screw up as egregiously as he did here
1: yeah i mean there's lebron took exception to just the imagery to begin with um like mm-hmm. we talked about before and just that i mean there's a reason that the wizards are the wizards and not the bullets as they used to be and you know whether you agree with that name change or not, if it was necessary, it speaks to why the phrasing from Glenn Consor would be problematic in the first place. Yes. Um, you know, there, there is a level of very bad luck on top of the bad phrasing. Like if say Kevin Porter jr's father was alive and had no criminal history and was just some, you know, a, a plumber, uh, just somewhere, You could still take exception to the phrasing of it and be like, Mm -hmm. What what the hell are you talking about? Like, fired the, pulled the tray. Like, what? But you wouldn't have the, you know, the doubly awful misfortune of, you know, Kevin Porter Jr.'s actual backstory and what actually went on with his father. And this may have been a case of Glenn Consor being too clever by half in his head and just thinking he had the ultimate you know, walk off line and, you know, already picturing his viral moment and all that stuff. I, I have no idea. It may be him having assumed this whole time that Kevin Porter Jr. was the son of Kevin Porter. And for whatever reason, as LeBron pointed out, because he said he watched this game in real time, Glenn Consor never until that
0: moment ever said, hey, you know what's pretty cool? Kevin They're Porter saying, right. Jr., the the son of former wizard." Some of that to mean like, you know, LeBron being somewhat suspicious of whether or not Consor was fully aware or not of the backstory. And it, but all of that put together, um, he you know, he still sort of gave him the benefit of the doubt of like, yes, it could have been a mistake. Like he lined it all up I and mean, he had four or five points of he never mentioned it. He's the Wizards broadcast team. He's the, you know, uh, you know, Kevin Porter this... would have been awfully old to be Kevin Porter Jr.'s father. Like right. Kevin the, Porter, Kevin Porter played yes. in the 70s and the 80s. I think Right. Um, and he's, he's he's in his 70s now and it just it it was a it was a fascinating moment because particularly around Porter who is a guy who and I, I i'm not saying that he shouldn't be held accountable like you said for his for the things that have dogged him so far through his very young career but when you guys get labeled really quick and you know, when they make a mistake, when they do something, you know, Jordan Rodrigue, who writes for the Athletic, covers the Rams, has a spectacular feature on Jalen Ramsey, the the all-world cornerback for the for the Rams, who had, to say the least, a rocky tenure in in Jacksonville. And he a lot of it was about sort of the, the labels that were ascribed to him as a very young player, you know, early in his twenties, and how hard that is to kind of overcome. And, you know, for somebody like Porter. When they make mistakes, that becomes who Kevin Porter is for years. And sometimes it's super serious stuff, and sometimes it's goofy, we think you're dumb, JaVale McGee, because you know you, you know, have a boneheaded play and you're on Shaq and the Fool. You know, he every did the
1: cinnamon-eating challenge with Nick Young.
0: Right, which really wasn't very smart, but but fun. Like, I mean, these are people having fun, like whatever. And we label guys in JaVale, who has gone on to win multiple championships and an Olympic gold medal and is one of the most interesting and thoughtful athletes I've ever met. We've talked Um, at
1: length with JaVale about this and how important it was for him to change his image. Like, he he got tired of being seen as the knucklehead, especially Mm -hmm. for somebody like JaVale, who happens to be really bright. And I think, I think in particular, that really bothered him, like somebody who is
0: really smart to just be viewed largely as a moron. Yeah. And so for LeBron to come out and 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 so much of what he's talking about, beyond even the violent imagery and some of the, you know, the, the things that I think are particular to the black community, how a lot of kids grow up, and, and some of the things that just there's not an overall necessarily sensitivity towards an awareness of or an empathy of for. To, to not say a guy needs to get fired, but also to say just because he apologizes doesn't mean it's over. We accept your apology, we move on, let us never speak. why are we still raking this guy over the coals? Even if it just means like you said, you know whatever discipline might come from the from the wizards or just having this conversation demanding that we make sure that people are held accountable for doing their jobs correctly when we demand athletes, uh, when and and pick on them, so I, I just I, I it was it was a great eight minutes of of media availability on Thursday, and I thought the point that he was making, particularly in that regard, given what we do, uh, was extremely salient. And I mean, and look, there is
1: there's a poignancy to it, and also an irony in certain respects because LeBron at times has been, I think, too quick with his words. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he recently went through his own controversy with the Spider-Man meme, uh, relating to COVID and, you know, seemingly not being able to tell the differences between COVID and flu and cold when it comes to symptoms, which by the way, is something I think a lot of people do relate to, but the way he relayed this, um, with a really very simplistic meme, um, you know it it undercuts the points that he was trying to make and in this case his lack of words creates a problem and that was something that you and I both said lebron was being irresponsible with but at the same time though lebron knows what it is like to be dealing with labels like he he dealt for years with the labels coming out of high school and certain you know controversies and you know resistances that people had at the time to people coming straight out of high school into the NBA in his particular case, anointed the way he did. LeBron has dealt with stuff from the decision. We saw the backlash he had um with China and all and all sorts of stuff. And regardless of what you think of those controversies and, and how egregious you think LeBron's behavior in any of this or his words, whatever were or were not, he knows what it's like to be in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. And I and I think he is actually right in terms of the responsibility for people like you and me in our industry, Brian, that we have to demonstrate when it comes to purveying messages as well. And 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 why our words and our actions matter too. Right. I, I think he's right, about especially
0: this. when they when they can be alleviated by basic professional preparation. Yeah, um, and I think it was. I mean, for a guy as meticulous as LeBron, I think it was I think that lot of what him a lot. I was about to say, I think exactly the same thing. I think it was the incredible lack of professionalism and pre- preparation that that he found so offensive. Like this was, yeah, you know, he found a lot of it offensive. <laughs> he's a, Well,
1: as somebody like LeBron, right? with a photographic memory and, right. and like an attention to details, details matter. It, it, that's yeah. one of the things we've said before that I think we think LeBron likes about Frank Vogel a lot. Frank Vogel is a detail guy, regardless of what you think about him as a coach. He cares a lot about details.
0: Um, so it was, it was a really interesting moment uh, on on otherwise kind of nothing burger of a practice on Thursday. Uh, Lakers have a really important game Friday night. Try to run the win streak to four games uh, over an Atlanta team that is not very good right now. Very disappointing. Think things are rough over here. Try being a Hawks fan. Um, but. Uh, and then Sunday, really big game against Memphis—a rematch and attempt, uh, a chance to try to get a little bit of uh, revenge for a game that they gave away in Memphis, you know, a week ago or whatever that was, ten days. Um, so yeah, lots to cover. We'll get to it all on Monday. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Try to make another Locked On podcast uh, your next listen after us, and uh, subscribe to Locked On Lakers on YouTube. See everybody Monday. Have a great weekend.